Yo, what it do, man? Top of the top, episode 57, Stash House Podcast. Last episode of the year, man. New Year's Eve, 2020 on the way. Everybody be safe, man. Got a great show lined up for y'all this week. Ohio State versus Clemson, man. A lot went down. You guys know I'm going to give you my thoughts, what I thought about the game, man, and all that. And with that being said, man, a national championship game, January 13th, is now locked in. Going to talk about that. And also, Christmas Day, man, music fans. We're giving the gift, man. Two-hour, 20-minute Drake interview. In my opinion, his only real interview within the past decade, man. He's talking about it all from so far gone to now, man. Great interview. Don't let the headlines and all that fool you, man. So sit back, relax, enjoy, man. Got a lot to talk about. Last episode of the year, man. Stash House Podcast. Let's get it. Yo, what it do, what it do, episode 57, Stash House Podcast, your boy Tyler checking in, man, your first time listening, man, welcome, appreciate you for tuning in, if you tune in weekly, man, shout out to you also, and it's just a podcast episode you decide to click on, you saw some topics you may want to hear about, man, salute to you also, like, share, subscribe, retweet, whatever you do to help support the podcast, man, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'm recording this now, so by the time you guys hear this, if my calculations serve me well, um, oh, it'll be New Year's Eve, right, New Year's Eve, um, hope everybody had a great Christmas, man, uh, hope everybody enjoyed themselves, man, uh, hope everybody stays safe, and if you're listening to it now, you're not locked up, so that's a good thing also, so all, same thing goes with New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, man, everybody stay safe. Uh, however you want to bring in the New Year's. Uh, like I said, man, stay safe. Beware all your surroundings. Uh, be safe on the road, man, because you know them boys going to be out willing to pull anybody over, man. So just stay safe. Uh, as you guys know, uh, this past weekend, man, I said it last week, Ohio State. Well, not even Ohio State, just the college football playoff. In general, man, was this past Saturday. Um, we had one good. We had one good game. We had one good game, but uh, the LSU Oklahoma game, man, uh, it really wasn't even a game. LSU with them boys, <laughs> plain and simple. Joe Burrow had like a lot of touchdowns, like seven, seven touchdowns, maybe eight. I believe seven. He had more than five, you know, before the first half even ended. So. That just tells you how that game went. So, LSU, deservingly so, number one team in the country. They're going to be in the national championship championship game January 13th in New Orleans. So, that's home field advantage for LSU, basically, man. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for anybody to beat LSU, man. Um, I wanted them to face Ohio State, of course. I'm an Ohio State fan. Uh, Before going into this game Saturday, uh, I already said, man, I had to show, you got to show respect to Clemson, man. They're defending champs. I knew that going into it, man. Um, for the past three games, two for sure, maybe three, Ohio State. Ohio State would get out to these slow starts, man. Uh, even in the Big Ten Championship game, Wisconsin, they came out, gave us a, a tough first half. We was down 21-7 to to them. So I knew beforehand, I like, man, we cannot get out to a slow start. Against Clemson, man. So basically, man, with this game, I want to start with, man. Got a shout out to my boys, Ohio State, the Ohio State Buckeyes, man. 
Mainly J.K. Dobbins, man. J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins left it all on the field. He's been leaving leaving it all on the field this whole season, man. Me personally, I felt like he should have got the fourth, um, fourth or third, whatever, in the Heisman finalists, man. He should have got in before Chase Young, man. Now I get it, Chase Young. He had a great year, a uh, record breaking year, man. But after that suspension, he came back. He had a great game, but I'll say since the Penn State game. He's been little to no, you know, um, recognition. Uh, not recognition, but he's been little to no threat, I'll say, the past four games, if I'm counting Saturday. Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and now Clemson, man. Um, I felt like after Penn State really drew up a good game plan against it, everybody just copied, man. Just make him, like, not even, you know what I'm saying, um, a threat, make everybody else step up. So, J.K. Dobbins, I feel like should have been in the highest and found itself. Uh, itself, uh, uh, Chase Young, dang, mind slipping. But first shout out to him, man. Also shout out to Coach Ryan Day, first year head coach, man, did a great job. Um, if you can go back, find the podcast before the football season started. I gave my prediction about Ohio State season. I thought we was gonna lose two games. Just because how our defense played last year, um, how our offense play calling was last year, I wouldn't have been surprised. But, of course, we didn't lose, too. And he brought a different energy to the team, I feel like. Uh, defense, especially, they uh, stepped up big. Excuse me. I like his play calling. I like his play calling. He showed he can make adjustments and everything. So, shout out to him. Shout out to Justin Fields. Also, transfer from Georgia. Had a great first year at Ohio State. Really looking forward to what he does in the future with Ohio State. And, man, shout-out to the defense, man. They did what they supposed to do at the times they were supposed to, man. But I'm going to get into that a little bit in just a few. So, first, I want to shout-out to them. Also, shout-out to Clemson, man. Like I said, defending champs, you got to pay your respect to Clemson. Um, they the champs for, for a reason, man. That's all I can say, the defending champs for a reason. Uh, so, shout-out to Clemson. And shout-out to the fact Ohio State and Clemson had a great game. Like I said, uh, the LSU-Oklahoma game basically was over with in the first quarter. So, shout-out to both of our teams for having great games. And I said before the game started, like, man, as long as we don't give up damn 69 points, I'll be straight. At least we didn't give up 69 points. But on to the game, man. On to the game. We start off on fire. Um, first possession, uh, J.K., Ran down the field, broke one. So, I'm like, okay, cool. Got points on the board. Our defense against Clemson, man, um, they was doing what they're supposed to do, man. Um, of course, Clemson with those big receivers, uh, Justin Ross and Higgins. Uh, I was concerned about them because they way bigger than our corners and safeties. But we was able to uh, hold those guys, man. We was able to hold them. We really wasn't trying to give up the big play. We could take the little dunk offs and everything, but the big play we really avoided. And um, uh, sunshine from Clemson, man. Uh, he was he was he was doing what he's supposed to do, man. I mean, the man's still undefeated in college football, but like I said, they watch tape, man. We haven't we haven't really adjusted week by week, man, with these uh, quarterbacks doing the option play. It's like every game, if a quarterback come out do the option play, they bound to get a few first downs on us, man, because as soon as they fake the ball to the running back, our whole defense just shifts to the running back. 
and the quarterback is going to at least get five, maybe close to a first down, man, each time. So that was one thing I really didn't like about our defense. Um, offensively, man, I said it, man. We had – the referees had some bad calls. The referee, Both of them debatable. I understand. I can understand the debate for both. One with the target, and my thing is uh, Trevor Lawrence, he did – like lean his head down a little bit, but I mean that that uh targeting man, that's a big thing in football. It's a it when they see the helmet, the helmet contact, man, it's gonna be very, very tough for them not to go with targeting, man. No matter if you lunged into the hit or the quarterback uh put his head down a little bit, they're not gonna take that lightly. So I can understand the targeting. But that fumble that they called back that we scored a touchdown on that, that. They called it a fumble on the field. We picked the ball up, scored a touchdown. That was bogus. That was a bogus call. Um, I hate the whole well instant replay. You see how how long it how long he had the ball with possession, but in live action, it doesn't um, it doesn't look that way. It's like real tap tap type of play. But my thing is, why would you separate real life? Uh, speed, but all the reviews are in slow motion. So, if a player, if a, I know it's a different situation, but if a wide receiver catch the ball uh, and has one foot down and he slide, he slide his uh foot right. We've seen it many times. Odell will catch a pass going out of bounds. He'll get the left foot in and he'll drag the right foot on the grass. Bam. So let's say in sometimes in real life speed, you can't see that last layer drag. And then they show the replay and what they do, they slow it down. So as long as that player has a, a dent in the grass, they'll overturn that call. Or they'll say, yeah, it's a catch. So why when the player has possession, he has full possession, he's squeezing the ball to death, he does a football move and the ball comes out, now it's not a fumble. And you call it a fumble on the field. So, that was one I could say, you know, that was a bogus call. But at the same time, man, uh, our offense couldn't put seven on the board. And thank God we had a great kicker, man. Our kicker really, you know what I'm saying, he did what he's supposed to do. When it's time to kick, he go out, kick, he make them. So, he did what he's supposed to do. But I figured we'd have a better offensive plan in the red zone. I mean, we have Dobbins, Fields. I'm not sure. I think he was like 85% healthy, so he couldn't run like he wanted to. But we got all these receivers, man. We could have made something happen in the red zone, man. So I was really disappointed in that aspect that we couldn't put seven on the board in the red zone area, man. And it came back to Hunters, man. I mean, throughout the entire game, you getting three, you're like, okay, we're getting points, but come on, man. We got to get, got to put some points on the board. And even Dobbins broke another long one, but he uh, fell down before he got to the end zone. So that's that on that. Um, Clemson coming back on us. Well, we had scored 16 straight on Clemson. And I think they scored like 21 straight on us, I believe. I believe it's 21 straight on us. But uh, what happened with that was, man, like I said, uh, dumb penalties. Not even not even on the ref end, just on our end also, man. Dumb penalties. There was a play that we was about to get the ball back with good field position. Clemson punted the ball. We ran into the kicker. Why would you be – I mean, come on, man. Come on. That's why I was saying all rivalry weekend. Okay, we get it. Y'all rival teams. Y'all don't get along. But 
with the after the play, the hitting the helmet and pushing and like the refs gonna throw the flag. So why in this uh aspect, you see we about to get good field position on the punt. Why would you run into the kicker, man? Not even the five yard, the fifteen yard, the automatic first down one, man. It's like come on, fam. Like that, I can't say like I put it on uh Facebook, Twitter, all my socials. Cause it was a great game. We lost. I like we'll be back. We left some points on the board. And people were saying, you know, why Ohio State? Well, some Ohio State fans are not like bitching about the Ralph Collins and all that. And I've never been that type of guy. Like, like unless it was like last year with uh the Saints and uh who was it? The Saints and the Rams with that pass interference, no call, something like that. Yeah, but when it comes down to the Ralph's call, Ralph missed probably two calls. We had some dumb penalties on our behalf. Also, we left some points on the board. And my one of my biggest things from this game, man, we had scored a touchdown. Great. Scored a touchdown. Justin Fields came up. He did what he's supposed to. Scored a touchdown. We hey, we, get, we left we left some time on the clock, I will say. We left some time on the clock for Clemson last possession, man. But there's no way. And I wasn't even surprised, man. We did the same thing a couple weeks ago against Wisconsin. Like two minutes, like a good little two minute offense. Two minute offense. Got to drive. Clemson got to drive down the field. Two minutes. Okay, we got more timeouts. Come on. So we couldn't get the first down on. We we ran some time off on offense. Boom, they get the ball back. They basically got to drive probably ninety yards down the field. Clemson came out, scored a touchdown in five plays on us, bro. With two minutes left in the fourth, man. Defense, where have like, come on, man. And we known as a second-half team, man. That's why I keep on saying, like, I don't want to wait to the second half. I want to wait to the second half. We got to force it now. You had a great first quarter, first and a half quarter. But that last drive, man, how do you let Clemson score in, like, four or five plays, man? Like, come on, man. It's just unnecessary, man. Unnecessary. But it came down to basically during the touchdown, they had to let the man score because, I mean, if they he would have – Cause we was up only by two, we didn't get the uh, two points to uh, go up by three. So they could have just he could have easily just dropped and let they ran time time off the clock and beat us with a field goal. But they scored a touchdown, so we still had some time left. So I'm like, okay, got some time left, man. Just get some good play calling and just get the first down, stop the clock, run the clock down, man. Come on, last drive. So Justin Fields, they doing what they supposed to do. He dunking. You know, the uh, Clemson defense, they come with all different types of blitz packages. They definitely did what they're supposed to do, man. They did what they're supposed to do. Uh, he dunking it off the divers in the screen. We getting yards. We getting first downs. Come down to, all right, man, let's, let's shoot for I I know my team. You know what I'm saying? I know my team. All right, come down. Okay, let's try one to the end zone. Let's see what happens. Let's try one to the end zone. Justin Field dropped back. It like we seen as Ohio State fans, we know the route Chris Olave gonna run. Go straight to the middle. All you see just feel throw the ball, man. Clemson just intercepted in the end zone. And you see um Olave on the ground. So I'm thinking just like a couple of plays ago, um, and this is like the first game, like Fields only threw one t- one interception this season. He threw like two this game. And a- another one he threw, they called back, of course, because it was a uh, defensive holding. So, in that case, I'm thinking, oh, shit, maybe it's a uh, defensive hold on this one. Maybe it, they, the game not over with. They didn't call no fouls. So, I'm like, 
dang, what happened? Why Chris Olave on the ground? And they showed the replay. This man, Chris Olave, done broke on the route. He broke right when Justin Fields threw the ball. He broke on the route. Of course, the Clemson defender still going. He That's like a perfect catch for him. And I'm like, fam, are you serious? You cut on the route too early, man. Like, at least just run your route right. And push come to shove, it's an incomplete pass. But I don't know, man. That was that was the one time I was really, like, mad. I was like, fam. Because, you know, you seen him on the ground, you probably think, oh, he probably got pushed down or something. They showed the replay. This man broke on the route. And I do want to say, <laughs> I didn't want to say it last, uh, not last, yeah, last night, but why was only Ohio State players slipping and falling? on the grass at the uh, stadium, man. That's one thing I don't get. Like, Dobbins was slipping. Olave slipped. Justin Fields was slipping. Like, what's up with the cleats, man? Probably some damn LeBron cleats they had on. Them boys just slipping, like, slipping slide out there, man. But whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was basically uh, it, man, about the game. Um, let me see. Debatable calls. Clemson, no red zone uh, offense. Uh, and momentum, man. Like I said, the momentum. You everybody saw the, how the momentum switched, but of course we scored another touchdown. But like I said, that last drive basically just couldn't do it, man. We we couldn't finish the job, man. Basically, what it came down to, we couldn't finish the job. We was in the right position, even when we wasn't scoring touchdown, we were still up sixteen zero, man. And then we just lost our momentum, man. Like the offensive play calling, like looked different, like. I'm not sure, man, because um, with JT Barrett, when he got hurt, like it's not like Ohio State play calling get a little shaky when their quarterback not at the full health. You know what I'm saying? And they only telling us so much, like he oh, he 85%. Well, damn, for 85 to 100% for your quarterback on his knee at that, that's like, damn, we need more information. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because he run at least. Like, he was running a little bit. <gasps> Ooh, excuse me. He was running a little bit, but you know what I'm saying? But, like I said, we will be back. Um, even after the game, Clemson, Dabo, and Trevor Lawrence, like, right before they even say anything, they are like, man, uh, we got to show love to Ohio State, man. Basically, what I took that as, they know we had them, man. They know we had them. They was like, because you can see but the first game, man, it's like, man, Oklahoma really don't belong. And I was saying, man, Oklahoma probably messed it up for the Big 12 now. The committee may not have no problems with throwing two SEC teams, two Big Ten teams, because the Pac-12, the Big 12, Notre Dame, like none of these teams have showed they really belong in the playoffs with an SEC team or a Big Ten team. But the Big Ten, we got Ohio State. What well, I got Ohio State. I don't do the whole Big Ten or whatever. It's Ohio State. And the rest of the teams, I don't even see competing with LSU, of course, Clemson, of course. So anybody could have made an argument last night about uh, who should have been the fourth team in the playoffs, man, because Oklahoma definitely didn't bring it. And I wasn't shocked because right when I was doing the college football preview episode, I said they can score, but their defense not going to stop nobody. So, I mean, what good is your what good is it if your offense scoring 38 but your defense giving up 38, I mean, it just doesn't work that way. So, any team could have made an argument they should have been the 14, but I definitely feel Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU showed why there was uh why they was uh the top 3 teams in the country. I will say that. But we will be back, man. We got a we got a hunger now about us. I feel like this year 
Um, you know, seeing what Ryan Day do, seeing what Justin Fields do. We got Dobbins back there. We got the receivers, uh, Chase Young on defense. So we had like the names, but we didn't have no hunger. Like, like we wanted to be the uh the, the aggressor and to the you know what I'm saying, reigning chance. We did that, but you gotta finish it. You know what I'm saying? You gotta finish the job. That's all I gotta say. You gotta finish the job, man. So Basically, would come down to LSU, Clemson, January 13th in New Orleans. I'm sure it's going to be, I think they do the 50-50 thing. So, it's going to be, you know what I'm saying, a lot of LSU colors down there, of course, in New Orleans. But Clemson fans travel in New Orleans to where Clemson that is not, you know what I'm saying, not, it's definitely not, not for a back-to-back national championship game. They'll take that ride easily. So, it's going to be a very, very great game, man. Um, I feel like that how it's supposed to be with the reigning champs who won last year against the number one team with Burrow, Heisman winner and everything, Trevor Lawrence on a winning streak. It's kind of like how uh they they were talking about last night with the uh, Ohio State game, how it was when USC fought Texas. They was on these winning streaks and USC the reigning champs and everything. So it kind of goes back to those days, man. So... I'm not mad at the matchup, man. Of course, I would have won Ohio State to be there, but we got to finish the job. So, next year, I'm definitely looking forward to it, see what type of hunger we have about ourselves, see what type of attitude we come back in with. Um, we'll be back, man. I see a couple Ohio State players tweeting. Like, I had said it last night, but I saw a few of them tweeting, you know what I'm saying, we'll be back. Like, we, we know we can hang with this batch. So, we'll be back, man, but... Shout out to Ryan Day, Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, man. I'm very, very proud of J.K. Dobbins, man. Uh, broke uh, Eddie George record last night, too. Ohio State, most rushing yards. He passed Zeke Elliott, uh, Eddie George, and now he's the number one running back. So, shout out to uh, J.K. Dobbins, man. I'm not mad at my boys, man. I just wish um, we would have came out uh, aggressive from start to finish, scored more points, touchdown. In the red zone on our defense, man. Defense, they just we made plays, but we had the chance, man. But really going ninety yards in four or five plays for a touchdown, man. That's un, that's unacceptable, bro. So our defense got to come out with a hunger about them that year for sure, for sure, man. But like I said, January thirteenth, LSU versus Clemson for the national championship, man. Yo, another week, another playlist, man. This week should come as no surprise. Part two of my favorite records from this year, man. Give me y'all 20 more. Last week I gave y'all 20. This week I'm giving y'all 20, man. My favorite records of this year, man. Part two. Check it out. man so christmas day man us music lovers us hip-hop lovers man had a big big surprise a rap radar podcast man rap radar podcast uh elliot wilson b-dot basically some ogs in the music journalism game definitely now at this point uh so they had a podcast they uh their podcast is on title but this situation was definitely definitely different man each year since they got on title they got on title in 2017. They had a, a big interview. Like, they interview people, like, they really want to know about, like, 
if a new artist like the baby album drop, they want to talk to you, they're going to talk to you. And since they deal with title, man, they, I mean, before, even before title, they did it. Like they did all the big acts, like either together on the podcast or Elliot Wilson interviewed them one-on-one. Like they been like getting interviews, but 2017, they really started a big interview. 2017 with Jay-Z and that was, Around the time 444 came out and everything. So, you know, Jay-Z had a lot to talk about. So, people were like, okay, that's cool. They got the Jay-Z interview, but they worked for title. So, that was a shoe-in. So, they was like, all right. 2018, they got Will Smith. And that's very rare because you don't see Will Smith doing interviews now. So, uh, Christmas Day this year, man, they got Drake interview. The Drake interview, a two-hour, 20-minute interview with Drake. And um, I watched it probably like two times already, man. Um for me, basically, it was basically like a career interview. Like, it seemed like a 2020, like back in the day with those interviews, it felt like that, man, because Drake been in the game 10 years now, man, and like we never really had like a full, real Drake interview, in my opinion. Like All the interviews you see, he going to the radio station, of course, you know what I'm saying? They talking, every now and then, they'll talk about a situation going on in the public and everything, but... Or you see it on social media, but this was like a real Drake interview from the time. So far gone, and he talking about how he was in his career when Thank Me Later came out. How Thank Me Later is really like the only album he did because uh, he was the new guy and everything. And from Take Care, how he went back home, linked up with his people in Canada. Um, how they wanted to build the sound. That's why Take Care is so dark. They want to get a feel of uh, Toronto. He said... Of, uh, like that's why I like watching interviews. I don't go off the headlines. Of course, the headlines going to talk about uh, Pusha T and uh, how he feel about um, him and Chris Brown, Lincoln. Of course, but throughout the interview, he just like he gave like some good stories because he was like, <clears throat> "Yeah, we was recording for Take Care, and I got a knock at the door. One of my people had this kid named Abel. The weekend he was singing in the rain to us, and that's how we brought him in for the album." And just everything, man, how he was saying how Wayne told him. Wayne was never the type, just, you know, he was Wayne protege. So he's like, Wayne never, uh, he never uh, forced me to do anything. He didn't say record your music like I record my music. Do these drugs because I do these drugs. He just let me, he just let Drake be his own person. And uh, basically, basically, bro, this interview was so like, a real Drake interview, man. This is the first time I really feel like I heard Drake talk about the fact that he sing and rap, how he came in the game singing and rapping, and how um, now the headlines or the social media questions would be like, is Drake responsible for the singing and rapping? And everybody's like, no, he's not responsible. Like, people been singing and rapping before Drake, but how he came in the game, man, he was doing it so, like, like, hun, like, over, like, hard beats with Lil Wayne and shit. It's like, what? So he was saying, basically, he didn't want to make music for, like, dudes all the time. So that's how he was He was comfortable being that guy that was singing and rapping. And he was saying how now people can see why they throw him in that midst. Like, he said he's belong, he belongs in that midst of people uh, who sing and rap. But he's saying he feel like he probably get more attention because nowadays how these kids singing and stuff, it's like, dang, like, it wasn't like how it was even when Drake first started. Like, he was singing, but 
and how people before Drake was singing and rapping, but these kids these days, of course, with everything going on in daylight, they talking about some real pain when they singing. He was like, you know, that was making them comfortable. You know, he can't say nothing about it because that was what made him comfortable. So, highly, highly recommend it, man. Of course, they got all the things about Meat Mill, Pusha T. Like I said, uh, Chris Brown, he had a dope story about the no guidance. He was like, um, him and Chris, they'll always talk about doing something. Of course, Rihanna, you know, everything with that happened. But he said when they reconciled, they wanted, before they reconciled for real, for real last year, they always talked about doing records. But um, I think he said uh, he always came to Chris with the, uh, hey, we should do it like this. He felt like Chris Brown was like, fam, I want to do music with you, but I don't want you to feel in control. And then I guess Chris Brown became the bigger man. He was like, you know, let Drake take care of the creative process of the video and the song. So when you think about it, Drake has like the first, he's saying the first things on the song, the ending of the song. So it really feel like a, like not even a Chris Brown feature and Drake, but just like a collab when you think about it, like. I know it's Chris Brown featuring Drake, but when you listen to it again, it really feels like a collab more than one person's song featuring excuse me, somebody else. And also, man, the interview, um, I think at the end, like I said, it's two hours long. I probably got like another 40 minutes left. But I think this happened at the end. Uh, basically, I guess they asked Drake, like, uh, what's your proudest moment of your career so far? Because 10 years is a lot. 10 years a lot, I put on Facebook, thank, like, dang, just look up J. Cole, Kendrick, and Drake, who we claim to be the big three of easily of this decade. Of course, you got your other people you know you want to throw, but overall, Drake, uh, Cole, and Kendrick, they dominated the decade, man. They dominated the decade. Very rare you probably find somebody who doesn't, who doesn't like, doesn't listen to neither of the three. That's very rare. I see what people can say they want to throw other people in, but you know what I mean when I say the big three. Of course, everybody got their favorites or who they prefer over someone else. Of course, I'm Kendrick all the way. I just feel like Kendrick doesn't have a blemish on his albums. Like, of course, Drake got the hits. Cole, he'll speak some shit to you. Kendrick will speak some shit to you. They, all three of them got different vibes. But for me, what it all comes down to, man, that man Kendrick albums. Like, Cole had me, but... For your eyes only, I feel like that's the only time I like, uh, I got knocked cold down because for your eyes only wasn't what I wanted at the time. And now that's like the only one I don't even really, uh, revisit like that. But that Section 80, Good Kid, Mad City, Pimple Butterfly. Of course, people want to say about Pimple Butterfly, but that's that funk, man. If you know, uh, uh, Parliament, uh, Funkadelic, Doggy Style, Chronic Album, how can you not like that? So. Pimple Butterfly, Damn, of course. Um, those three, because uh, Drake said nothing was the same. In the interview, Drake said nothing was the same. was his favorite album. So it had me thinking, um, if you want to say albums of the decade, each three of those guys probably have one or two. I say if you want to throw 10 albums of the decade, I feel like some people probably put Take Care before nothing was the same, but... I can see why you say both, but so you can say Drake probably got one or two. Uh, Cole, I'll say uh, Forest Hill Drive, top 10, 2014 Forest Hill Drive. Some people may want to throw uh, Born Center in there. Some people may want to throw KOD, but for Cole, I'll just say uh, 2014 Forest Hill Drive. 
Uh, of course, these are albums, not mixtapes. Um, and Kendrick, man, I put, <laughs> if you want to count Section 80, but I'll see why you not want to count Section 80. Of course, Good Kid. Depends on how I'm feeling. I, I may throw Damn in there. Maybe. Depends on how I'm feeling. And definitely Pimp a Butterfly, man. So, those guys, man, they, they ruled the decade so quick. It came so quick, man. And um, Drake was saying uh, the proudest moment of his career, he never let the fame get to him. Like he said, he'll have a drink. It'll be some wine. If he drank a liquor, it won't be to the point where he blacking out or not getting shit done. He never let like the lifestyle control him, like drug aspect and everything. So you got to respect that, man. So all in all, very, very dope Drake interview. Everybody's talking about it. Two hours, 20 minutes long. Arguably, Artist of the Decade. Um, yeah, man, check it out. Check it out. If you ever was a Drake fan, if you ever paid attention to Drake music like that, man, definitely check it out, man. Definitely. Don't don't go off just, just the uh, headlines on social media. Check out the interview, man. Two hours, 20 minutes, of course. You may get it all done in one day. You may stretch it out, but I highly recommend you guys check it out, man. I wish more artists would do like interviews like that. Maybe that's the uh, that's the thing we need. But like I know Cole and Kendrick not gonna, you know, I don't know. It, it was good to hear Drake uh, Drake do an interview, man. I feel like we're gonna get another one from Cole because Cole album coming out next year. Depending on the uh, topics and everything he's talking about on the album, he may do a sit down interview. Kendrick, he'll do an interview with, like, Big Boy on the West Coast or something like that, Rick Rubin. But maybe, man, Rock Radar is the – they definitely stepped their game up with this one, man. It was, wasn't was even an interview. It was, like, a conversation. And, of course, they have, you know, interview questions, of course. So, great interview, man. It's on YouTube and, of course, on Tidal. If you got Tidal, check it out, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, taking the time out y'all New Year's Eve to check me out. This has been episode 57, Stash House Podcast. Like I said, man, everybody go out, have a great New Year's Eve, man, a safe New Year's Eve, a safe rest of the week, man. Going to 2020, man, brand new mindset. Uh, good time to start over, man. Brand new decade. Everybody stay safe, man. I'll catch y'all here same time next week, man. Keep me in your prayers. I do the same for y'all, man. Stay blessed.